This is a Wool Observatory podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Star Stuff. This is Cody Halfmoon, and today we're going to talk about all things James Webb Space Telescope. And today we have the OG Star Stuff crew back, Haley Osborne. What up, everybody? <laughs> Wesley Sonameka. Uh, hi, I'm Wesley. Hello. And we also have uh, Lowell Educator and Mars Hill Almanac host, and Haley BFF, Ariel <laughs> Daniel. Known Hi. Haley Enjoyer, Ariel Daniel. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Known Haley Enjoyer, yeah. <laughs> She's also been on our uh, our TikTok clock machine. Occasionally, uh, yeah. So you might yes, recognize her app. face. The clock app. Clock I app. love the clock app. Yep. You gotta love the clock app. She's been freaking out about the James Webb Telescope, as I'm sure all of you have for months. Um, I distinctly remember a TikTok meltdown when it did not launch (laughs) on the day it was supposed to, and you were so sad. The one where I'm like in bed, close to tears. Yes, you're very upset. I've been mad about this telescope not launching for for decades now, so I guess, listen. I've got a fat timeline that we're going to go through in a little bit. Perfect. Great. Excellent. So let's just start out with what is James Webb Space Telescope? What, what is this thing? What really is James Webb? Well, um, it's a new space telescope, and it studies in infrared light. So um, basically, there's a bunch of different types of light, right? There's uh, things like visible light, which is what all of us can see, um, ultraviolet light, which uh, one of the main things uh, that people associate that with is like the harmful rays of the sun. Um, and then mm. infrared light, typically people think of like heat vision, so uh james webb's cool. gonna be studying in infrared yeah so it'll see stars really well is like the big thing um is that like yeah. superman powers heat vision that's actually x-ray uh that superman has oh, x-ray kidding. vision yeah <laughs> that was a test i was yeah, I know, right? superman's heat vision is that his his vision deploys the heat not picks up the, mm-hmm. he, he, shoot, he shoots lasers out of his eyes it's the wrong way out yeah inverted <laughs> Yeah, yeah, still heat vision, but a very different kind of heat vision. Oh, yeah. To my knowledge, the James Webb State Space Telescope will not be any shooting any death rays at uh, Lex Luthor. That's what that's what uh, they bummer. want you to think, Haley. You never uh, know, Wesley. <laughs> Whatever my name is. Whatever. Whatever is. that dude is. You can't this possibly be expected to, to keep the three of us straight. That was a mom thing to do, Cody. <laughs> Haley, I mean, it really was. Yeah, my my Kelly, Ariel, Wesley. the name of me and my dad and both of the dogs and my aunt and yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm happy to be the mom here. I'm confused but bubbly anyway. I'll, Perfect. I feel like that's mom energy. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Happy to, happy to be involved. Absolutely. <laughs> Just happy to be here. <laughs> So uh, I understand this space telescope is was like I know that there was someone who was an origami master who consulted uh, the scientist on how to fold this thing. Which oh, is those really are my cool. favorite. I love those. I love. Yeah. I love. Uh, oh, there's some. There's some really nerdy name that engineers have for for materials that you fold. 
but basically just like the, the the physics of being able to fold stuff so that it works really well in space is so cool i love it i know that this thing was folding and unfolding uh yeah how did that work so yeah it's basically this 10 billion dollar piece of origami with (laughs) um very expensive paper crane yeah so they couldn't like um you know this giant it because since it's uh six meters across in diameter um and heavy you you can't just like send this giant umbrella straight out of earth's atmosphere to space uh so you have to fold it up to make it you know like movable in space and like fold it in a way where it like can actually glide (laughs) and won't just get stuck um so yeah this giant mirror uh made of a bunch of tiny mirrors was folded up so all the tiny mirrors were folded up into this little origami bit um sounds like a logistical nightmare yeah absolutely and everything could have gone wrong and i'm pretty sure most things did go wrong since it took like an extra 10 years to launch more than 10 years yeah anyways (laughs) very long Um, time to launch yeah but uh yeah it folded up left earth um and then it was uh uh as it was approaching its uh, final destination um which was a kind of like a stable point in uh, earth's orbit as it was approaching that lagrange point it started unfolding so like the second it disconnected from the rocket it started putting a little solar panel out and if anyone (laughs) saw the uh the uh like live stream of it going off it happened in arizona at like 4 a.m christmas morning of uh last year 2021 i like that it, it was went like up on christmas day yeah, i know it was right? like <laughs> it was like you know you see there's there's a camera on the rocket you see the james webb leaving and then it put a little solar panel out like it was saying bye and then it kept oh, going yeah. <laughs> so cute, dude. It's very adorable. like robots Aww. make me emotional man it's crazy <laughs> But uh, adorable. Yeah. So by the time it got to its uh its a uh, new home, um, it's it was completely unfolded, and they started yeah. doing tests and stuff. It's awesome that they launched it on Christmas, and it like yeah. folded open because it was like NASA was like opening a present, but like for the whole world, yeah. you know. <laughs> I like Aww. that. <laughs> That's God, you guys are That's such nerds. Cute. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God, because I didn't, I didn't wake up my my uh, family. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I went downstairs and I was like, I'm, I'm gonna keep it cool. You know, I, I already cried enough. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and I went downstairs. My mom runs down the stairs. She's all scuffed. She just woke up. She's like, Wait, Ariel, the the space telescope that happened today, didn't it? And I was Aww. like, You remembered. <laughs> That's adorable. I love she's that. She's like, we, we gotta rewatch it. We gotta rewatch it. And then she's like, on the TV and we're, we're watching it again while we're opening presents. Yeah. Oh, that's what the so heck? cute. I wish, dude. That's oh my adorable. gosh. <laughs> it's like, it's my parents, like, they wanna, they like, wanna be supportive. They just yeah. don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I am a mom. <laughs> You said a term, Ariel, that we we might need to define. So maybe Wesley can help that. God, I love Lagrange points. This what is, is a Lagrange I, point? A Lagrange point is a so uh, uh, physics is complicated, right, guys? Ooh. It's real hard. I'm in my last semester of this physics degree, and I want to die. You two have both finished years. I'm sure you had similar experiences. Oh yeah. Um, Newtonian 
mechanics are pretty simple. It's just like gravity makes stuff fall and we don't worry about the speed of light or anything like that. Um, okay. Even so, if you have three different bodies that all have um, mass that is significant, which is a nebulous term, but really, really big relative to each other. Um, if they're all like roughly the same size and really big, it is like literally impossible to um, perfectly and like forever and ever and ever predict where exactly those three things will be relative to each other. Is that um, the three body problem? Yes, that's the three body problem. Okay, I keep I keep shouting that out in case I'm right. I think this is the first time it really was that. Nice job. That was awesome. So basically, it's very impressive. Way to go, Cody. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. There's a great book called uh, The Three. There's a book series called The Three Body Problem by a a Chinese author that's a really good. Anyway. The only reason I know what it is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So basically, it's literally impossible to, like, uh, deterministically solve a, a three body problem. Um, but if you, in a three-body problem, pretend that one of the objects has such a small mass that you pretend it's zero, um, there are a set of points discovered by a mathematician called Lagrange, where if you leave the thing that has zero, very heavy air quotes around that, mass, um, it will more or less probably stay there forever, kind of. And so, essentially, we've a guy did a math. A guy did a math a while ago. Did a and math. It says that if we leave the JWST there, probably it won't move. <laughs> What's crazy about Lagrange points is um, I learned this like a little bit ago. Um, me and Haley's ex roommate actually were talking about this, um, <laughs> where um, they're they're called Lagrange points, and like in like a uh like with the sun and the earth there's there's five lagrange points so there's one like on the other side of the sun between the earth and the sun on the other side of earth and then like kind of like to the right and the left in earth's orbit are like the five lagrange points only two of them were discovered by lagrange the others the majority of them were discovered by euler no. Of course it was Euler. So Euler's another <laughs> mathematician. Um, if you have seen Hidden Figures, the like equation she uses to do the whole like launching into space, she uses Euler's method. If you've ever heard of e to the x, like x as an exponent, e to the x, that was Euler. If you've ever used mm-hmm. an imaginary number, that was Euler. If you've ever uh-huh. used y and x, like a y and x axis, that was Euler. If you've ever so is Euler pi? and Lagrange, are they like the Tesla and Edison of math, or are they friends? Everyone um, in mathematics is Edison, no one is Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. And all of them are taking credit. Yeah. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. The stable points are really neat because, and like, it's not the James Webb isn't the only telescope that's ever done this. Like, we've oh. had the, uh, the I, th- I believe it's the Ke- Kepler. I think, I think it was Kepler, Kepler also went to L two. Mm-hmm. So Lagrange two is the is the stable point that's past Earth. Um, so it's like mm-hmm. a little further away from from the sun, a little further away from you know from Earth than something It's near us, Earth. but we can't really get there conveniently. So once yeah. JWST is oh. there, it's kind of just there. It's stuck. Yeah. yeah. So Kepler went to L2. We also have, um, I believe, the Solar and Heliospheric Observatory, or SOHO. Uh, that is at L1? 
I don't I don't remember which one it is, but it's the one between sun the sun and earth. Um and yeah. that one's like oh. constantly studying the sun and like looking at the sun all the time. So uh, in perspective of that, which one is the James Webb in? So it's not the one between the earth and the sun and it's not it's the, the one on the other side of the earth. It is the one on the other side of the earth. It so is Ke- the other oh, okay. Yeah, Kepler and James Webb are both there. Yeah. yeah well if they're gonna be stuck out there, at least they're they have buddies. Buddies. <laughs> yeah, little buddies. <laughs> I was writing the notes for this episode and I was like, oh, and and why is this better than the Hubble? And like a loving mother, Haley was like, they're not better. They're just different. So (laughs) I'm curious. I mean, the JWST is way bigger. So it's it's not better because it's bigger. The the thing is, it's uh, because a lot of people think that it's like replacing Hubble. But it's not replacing mm-hmm. Hubble; it's adding on to Hubble, because uh, Hubble it studies primarily invisible light, so things that you and I can see, and it can see a little bit of ultraviolet and infrared on either side of the visible light spectrum. But James Webb mm. is covering infrared light that Hubble can't see, and so it's covering more of what's called the electromagnetic spectrum, so the spectrum of all forms that light can take, um, whereas uh, Hubble is studying like they're actually smaller wavelengths. Uh, the length of the wave is smaller. So okay, um, maybe yes, on our Discord bigger. you can put uh, that comparison that you showed me because yeah. you showed me like one view of the Hubble and one view that we're expecting to get. I think mm-hmm. in, in or no one view in infrared just to yeah. show the difference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When this episode airs, we can put that on Discord. How far into infrared does the JWST? go do you know Haley? um i'm pretty sure it's near infrared so um it's uh what was the infrared telescope that launched first um there was another infrared telescope i don't remember what it's called um so it's not super it's not a new concept to be out there it's just bigger well the thing about infrared is infrared is a huge part of the electromagnetic spectrum so there's not just um infrared like what james webb is studying that's near infrared there's also far infrared it was spitzer okay okay. it's not that we haven't looked at infrared before it's just like we haven't had a thing that was big enough and good enough at at doing it as the jwst is like the jwst Mm, is like a couple orders of magnitude better for seeing these wavelengths than other stuff has been before yeah and what's the advantage of seeing an infrared there's lots of stuff that's only emitted or reflected um, meaningfully in infrared. Like there's a lot okay. of like noise in a few different wavelengths, and so there's it, it's it's hard to. I mean, like I have I I'm doing a whole thing. I think we're having Christina Thomas on on next time we talk about the JWST, and I was doing yeah. a whole project with her recently about um, using infrared observations of asteroids to figure. Physical characteristics out about them, oh. um, and that's it's just like a good wavelength for a number of reasons to be looking at oh, okay. those yeah. characteristics for those asteroids. So it's there's there's all kinds of different things, but that's mm-hmm. one of them. Yeah, gotcha. it's not even just that; it's also like in stellar nurseries. So these big clouds of gas mm. and dust out in space, where stars are being born, visible light you can really only see the gas in like a few stars because the gas is so opaque. But in infrared, you'll be able to see all of the stars that are inside of this. Uh, it's called a nebula, cool. a cloud of gas and dust out in space. 
and it's further out, right, than um, a lot of our, I guess not all of them since it's with another telescope, but it's further out than the Hubble by a certain amount. Yeah. Um, so the Hubble is like orbiting Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it's kind of like a occasionally – I guess you could like see the Hubble as it orbits Earth. Like we at a right. at Lowell Observatory, we use uh, an app called Sky Safari, and it'll tell us like, oh, the ISS is passing overhead, or like, oh, the Hubble is passing overhead, and like d- depends on like if you can actually see it or not. Uh, I'm sure mm. I've seen the Hubble a couple times. I just didn't know because they all look the same. Yeah. Uh, so the Hubble <laughs> is yeah like 340 <laughs> miles up, um, so it's orbiting Earth uh, versus the James Webb. Uh, L2, Lagrange 2, that is about a million miles uh, away from Earth. So we, since he's so itty bitty and he's not really like, a, he's not a star or anything. Like he's not like giving off any any light. We're not going to be able mm-hmm. to see like the, oh, the James okay. Webb in the sky. Um, but uh, being that far away, you know, it's like we're that much closer to everything else. Yeah. So if it's orbiting the Earth and it's a million miles out orbiting the it's, Earth, it's not orbiting it's not. the Earth. It's, it's orbiting staying the in the same spot relative to the Earth and the Sun. It's not even really orbiting the Sun. It's like the way that that Lagrange map. <laughs> That's what you meant by stuck. Is that it just sticks there relative to the rest of the stuff? Yeah. 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 It's horrible, isn't it? <laughs> That's it's horrible. really cool math. It's really really neat. Yeah. It is cool math. But it's, it's not orbiting anything. It's orbiting everything. Everything's orbiting everything else. If you stick yeah. it in that point, it stays in the same spot relative to the rest of the stuff. So it's like, yeah, yeah we got like the sun in the middle, the Earth, and uh, the James Webb is on the other side of Earth. It's going to go around like this. It's going around the sun like that. So it's on the other mm-hmm. side of Earth. Um, yeah, basically, <laughs> I guess like the easiest way to like picture it is like it's a million miles further away from the sun than the earth is. And it's orbiting the sun, I guess. It's, it's like, how, um, you know how, is. you know how like the, the moon isn't quite tidally locked to the earth. It's just that the, like the moon's rotational period is the same as its orbital period. You know what, you know, you know what that is? It's sort of a similar situation in that, like the JWST is orbiting the earth so slowly that it really just causes it to stay near ish the earth. So it's falling in a relative, like it's falling toward the earth in a relative way that it is just staying in one spot. Yes. That's a yeah, good way of rotate. thinking of it. Whew, I used 100% of my brain to get there. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So it's not going to get like super close to the sun and explode. So oh, that was not. my biggest That'd be real bad. Something really <laughs> awful would happen. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. that happened, um, then something really went wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something very... And, probably we have bigger problems. Yeah. And you said it's a, it's a real big boy, uh, and it's made of glass. So... Wesley, maybe you can give us some perspective of like how much more light we're going to be able to capture. Uh, like I, just a lot more. A lot more. En- enough more that I haven't bothered memorizing the like uh, technical specs gotcha. of it because it's just um, okay. More. It's just more good. I don't know. Maybe Ariel or Haley knows more about the, um, the, the technical specs of it and could tell you. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, so both 
most you know modern research telescopes are made out of glass and the glass these these are mirrors sorry uh and these mirrors you can just keep putting giant mirrors together to create a larger telescope um the hubble is that single you know two meter uh wide mirror piece um and then yeah with the james webb we took very sensitive uh smaller mirror segments like hexagonal shapes and there's 18 little compact mirrors yeah 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 exactly um 18 of them that spread out to be six meters wide um that's like you know the whole like origami thing it's like multiple mirrors that have been folded up they're also yeah they're gold-coated mirrors and i also Mm -hmm. think there's like beryllium or something something like i only know that through star trek yeah (laughs) (laughs) me too um (laughs) um but uh it's basically like exactly how much more light i'm sure there's like a number out there but like um i don't know if anyone's seen i'm sure we've seen um the uh fake first light image yeah of the james webb where they've like um fully calibrated all the mirror or they're, they're almost fully done with fully calibrating all the mirrors um and they like took like a picture that they didn't really like edit or do any crazy stuff to and they were just trying to get a picture of one star and they accidentally got like a couple dozen galaxies in the background yeah, <laughs> like they didn't so mean cool. to get the galaxies in there and it's all red uh because it's not like they didn't they weren't trying to like get any crazy stuff in there they weren't trying to get the galaxies in there um mm-hmm. that wasn't like the first light image for real they're like oh this was like a mess up and this is awesome <laughs> like, yeah that's amazing so it was really cool So the mirrors all capture light separately, and then they they put the images the light together, sort of like at Anderson Mesa. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. So uh, at Anderson Mesa, we have what's called an interferometer, the Naval Precision Optical Interferometer, or NPOI for short. And basically, it's a bunch of one meter telescopes that all take in the same amount of light, and then they uh, bounce it around in these giant tubes until it's all moving at the same speed and it's all moving together. And then it'll like combine in uh, an optical table. So it's got like uh, mirrors and lenses, all kinds of stuff. Uh, James Webb doesn't have to go through all of that because with NPOI, like one telescope's going to get the light slightly faster than the other one. With James Webb, it's pretty much oh. all looking at the same area. So it should all come in as like one cohesive unit and then it just kind of like sends the data out and uh back at nasa headquarters or whatever they like put it all together and give you a picture they have been working on this for a really long time i've heard it's taken a few decades it's taken uh haley said you have a timeline of the progress on the James yeah. Webb Space Telescope. I'd love to hear so, it. So um, a while back, right before, or well, not right before it launched, but a while before it launched, we hosted an event on YouTube where we talked a little bit about James Webb and I put together a timeline for it. And before I put together this timeline, I had no idea how long this was in the works. This actually started back in 1996. And back then it was called the Next Generation Space Telescope, and it was initiated. Um, I love that better. I know, right? In uh, in 2002, they changed the name to James Webb Space Telescope, so that's when uh, it kind of transitioned. I know, right? Astronomers Um, must name things poorly. It goes (laughs) to the job. 
Yeah, nothing cool. Um, and then in 2011, it actually uh, threatened, uh, got threatened with cancellation, and that's not the only time that happened. It happened a couple times, but in 2011, that was the first time it was threatened to be canceled. Um, but in 2014, we finally got a combined test of all four instruments that were on the James Webb Space Telescope. And in 2016, the construction was completed. And so um, a lot of people were like, oh, it's going to launch in 2016. But then it still needed testing because, like we were saying, like it's so far away that once we launch it, it's there. Like we can't get to it. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you all have heard the uh, the fun story of the Hubble Space Telescope, but it got out there oh, and God, it's yeah. mirror was wrong so we had to go put eyeglasses <gasps> on the hubble telescope yeah. Yeah. i met the astronauts that did that had to go give a contact nice. one of them was That's like cute. six seven and the other one was <gasps> like five three. Oh my god <laughs> so one of the one of the astronauts that fixed the the hubble um he was like telling he was talking about a bunch of people about like how they like do how they did how he became an astronaut because he was uh-huh. like i i'm a veterinarian and i also do um he was like i also do like tourism helicopter tours i guess that makes sense and he's like he's like yeah like (laughs) nasa was like we need astronauts and you have to have a thousand hours of flight time and this much uh you know like schooling and he's like what have i got in and he applied and he got in he's like oh no he kept going going up into space uh and he was in charge of like like a like a, because they needed a vet to to look at like uh, animals on the ISS. So oh he'd, like, my god! Take care of the yeah, for like research animals. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! And then that's and incredible. Then, yeah, they were that's like, cool. "Oh no, we need someone to fix the Hubble." Hey, you're like up there, and you know hey, how you that works. Do stuff, right? Right? Like yeah. you could do that. And he's like, "Oh, I guess." And then and then oh, they NASA. shot him over the Hubble. <laughs> yeah. God, that's so NASA. That's so NASA. <laughs> Have you seen the TikTok where it's like? They sent a woman into space with like a hundred tampons. Oh, yeah. 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 That's like also that. extremely that NASA. Me of that. Yeah. So funny. But uh, back to my timeline, since we're still like yes. years behind uh, in 2016. <laughs> The planned launch date was in 2018, but then there were a couple of things that they had to like double check, triple check, and so they moved the launch date to May of 2020. Um, and then in uh, 2020, the launch was postponed due to uh, COVID, unfortunately. Um, but uh, there were also some technical challenges. And at one point in there, um, there was a point in time, I think it was in 2019, 2018, something like that, one of the planned launch dates, they actually gave away their time slot to a different telescope that could like only launch on that day. Um, And so Mm. they were like, you know what, we could do with extra testing, like, yeah, take our spot. Um, And so finally, yeah, finally in 2021, we were like, okay, it's going to launch on December 18th. And then we dropped it. Um, (laughs) We dropped the telescope. (laughs) We threw it on the ground a little bit. They dropped the telescope. Ariel Ariel actually made a a TikTok video about it. Do you (laughs) want to talk about that? Yeah. So so basically it was like they were (laughs) they were transporting the telescope to go into the rocket that would launch it or something Mm -hmm. like that. And um, the telescope was being held up with these like, like Kevlar strand. I don't know some some yeah. like big buckled rope strands. And one of the uh-huh. straps just broke, and the telescope was like, "Oh, <laughs> I guess I'm going down." <laughs> okay, goodbye. Um, yeah. So it wasn't like 
I made it sound super dramatic for views, yeah. but uh, <laughs> um, something but, we would never do here in this fine institution. Oh no, absolutely oh, not. Absolutely so it didn't actually like crash on the floor. And, oh my god, everything's terrible. Yeah. It was literally just like, oop, it, it dropped a little bit. And it like kind of shook a little bit. Yeah, and then that was it. <laughs> like, yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being in there? Oh like, god, dude, no. And, Dude, and like, then just the thing drops. Out. Oh my god! I would crap my pants and pee simultaneously. I would go, I would go climb. I would climb into the Gulf of Mexico with all of the oil. <laughs> so wait, what? No, Goodbye, Did they man. have to redo all the calibrations? No. Um, no. So they literally. They were like expecting to, like they were like, oh, everything's everything's over, everything's like, over. Fine. Yeah. Nothing um, happened. Yeah, yeah, it was literally completely fine. Like nothing totally fine. terrible happened. Yeah, it was just like a bunch of people who didn't breathe for ten minutes, and then yep. they're like, okay, let's check it out, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was yeah. like it didn't it did postpone the uh the uh, launch date a couple days, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So instead of December eighteenth, they launched on Christmas. Um. And then uh, we're expecting to see the first image. Well, we saw the first image. It was a, a bright star. It was really cool. Um, but it's a calibration image. So the first like full-on images that we're going to see are uh, supposed to come in this summer. So that's oh, why nice. we're planning okay, yeah. on doing the next uh, thing this summer. Because that's Astronomers are huge dorks about what we do and don't call images yeah yeah because i was like oh yeah it's first light and i think it was hannah zygo who was like no not yet and i was like but it saw but light yeah no the first light and picture that you get from the telescope is not capital f capital l first light yeah yeah Yeah. what do we expect the james webb to research at least to start the coolest things ever um it's like this is the stuff that the general public wants to like it's it's the stuff that everybody eats up yeah Yeah. it's the Um, the crowd pleaser got it yeah so looking at what happened in like the very beginnings of the universe so like the Mm -hmm. very first galaxies ever formed again specializing in in uh, infrared light or heat-based light with how crazy sick and radical and awesome the james webb is like it can see the very first heat like ever formed in the universe um so it's like whatever you know it'll see that heat and then take that heat data and translate it into colors that we can see you know um so like all these wavelengths of light that like Haley was talking about earlier like the x-rays and and that stuff like we can't see in the x-rays we can't see in infrared we can kind of like feel infrared um you know we can't see gamma we can't see ultraviolet so like the hubble and all these other crazy space telescopes and just telescopes in general with cool instruments they take these wavelengths of light and then turn that light into actual light that we can see or colors that we can see um so yeah we'll be seeing things like the very first galaxies ever formed almost 14 billion years ago which is a crazy how number. is it just because we can see that far now like how can we Basically, see they're all in, so in they're all in infrared yeah, all those galaxies, so like, the light from those is only reaching us in infrared. So you know TV static, right? You're, you're familiar with TV static? Mm-hmm. For all of you very small children um, under the <laughs> age of like 30 listening that have never mm-hmm, used yeah. TV before, um, it is, uh, you turn the TV on, if it's not on a channel, you get some weird fuzzy static on it. 
that's light from the beginning of the universe, and it's so red shifted that it's in the microwave range, and so that's why the TVs are picking that when up. You, if you when go you told me little... that, Wesley, I was not okay for a solid week. When it you it told messes me that. you up. Yeah, it'll mess you up for a while. Yeah, that's light Wild. from the beginning of the universe. And if you go, <laughs> if you go look for light that's a little less red shifted than that, it's in the infrared range. Yeah. You get light that's not quite as redshifted, and so that's mm-hmm. part of why the JWST is going to be so good for seeing really, really early galaxy formation, is because mm-hmm. light from wow. that point in time reaches us here as infrared, and we haven't had a, a device that is capable of taking in so much data that you can tease out what is noise versus what is actual like data from things that are that old. So it's like light is racing through the universe and the infrared is faster. So it gets to us first and then we get the visible light. No, no. So the, the infrared, all light travels at the same speed. It's just that oh. um, the, the light that's getting to us from like 13.8 ish billion light years away is, has been redshifted into the infrared range and the light that's a little further than that has been redshifted all the way into microwave. And yeah. that's oh, it's just been redshifted, that and that's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just been like okay. It's just the Doppler effect making like waves being pulled apart, and so it looks a little oh, different than, it, than yeah. it would have been if we had been closer to it. Right, like an ambulance going by. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That same effect. Yeah, mm. it's literally that's just the it, length of the wave like being expanded. So uh, you can think of it as like uh, smaller waves look like they're being compressed. So that's things coming towards us because the waves are like coming towards mm-hmm. us, and then as they go away from us, they're expanded. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Okay, okay. That yeah, yeah that does make sense now. Yeah, yes. and yeah. the um, where you said that we were going to see galaxies, like some of the first formed galaxies, and how is that going to help us learn new information? Like, is like learning about these original galaxies? Is it mostly just like this is rad and we want to know, well, or is there something it's else? Kind of like it's all like a. I I think of what is it? I think I get very Carl Sagany in the sense okay. of like mm-hmm. the more we understand about the universe, the more we understand about ourselves. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the more we understand about stuff in our solar system, the more we understand about how our solar system formed, then we can bring that to like how other solar systems formed. The more we understand about the very first galaxies in the universe ever formed, we can be like, oh my gosh, that's how we were formed, probably, or something like that, or like galaxies like mm. ours. Yeah. Um, it's just like, and then, yeah, the whole Context. like, then the more we understand Context, about yes. like, how Context. humans came to be, you know, and like mm-hmm. that whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, looking looking at the whole like evolution of the universe through a, a scientific perspective. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, which is actually the... pieces in the puzzle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is actually one of the other things that James Webb is going to do. Uh, I mentioned those like stellar nurseries earlier and how James Webb is going to see into them. We actually don't know how stars form. Like we have a general idea, but there's a specific like step between having the gas and having a baby star that we don't really know what goes on and so that's one of the things that uh james webb is going to do is it's actually going to see how those stars form and then on top of that it's going to see how like the material around those stars ends up forming exoplanets 
And so that's something I'm personally really excited about because there's literally a step in the process of making a star that we're just like, I don't know, something happens, you know? (laughs) It's got medals in it. Yeah. (laughs) It's got medals in it. Lots of medals. Because I'm not, uh, I don't have a background in science. Every time I hear something like that, I'm like, oh yeah, aliens, huh? Right. <laughs> so Basically. Yeah. Me too. I have a background in science and I'm like, aliens. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Same. I'm not going to say it's aliens, but. But it could also be aliens. I'm not going to say it's not aliens. So. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get a look into these planet, like areas that can create planets yeah. better. Yeah, bro. It's wild. Yeah, because, like, it's, like, with, um, I want to, yeah, the Kepler, like, with Kepler Space Telescope, we've discovered over, like, 4,000 exoplanets. That means we've discovered all of these other solar systems with all these other planets orbiting um, other stars. Um, and through the Kepler, and understanding, like, oh, my gosh, there's this many planets, you know, this planet's doing this, this many planets doing that, blah, 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 whatever, here in this area, uh, we can infer that, like, in a galaxy, like, our Milky Way that has mm-hmm. 400 billion stars there's at least twice the amount of planets that means our Milky Way has at least 800 billion planets um so yeah. what the yeah dude right 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 yeah <laughs> crazy I know <laughs> so like with the James Webb I actually had a, a guest at Lowell uh, come up to me the other day and he's like yeah like last year there was an article like saying they like found an earth like exoplanet like just outside the galaxy and I'm like okay we maybe we found an exoplanet out there but like we can't know if it's Earth-like because we can see these we can see these planets, and I, I can get into that later if y'all want like how we discover those exoplanets. But like, uh, we don't know what's on them. We do not have the technology to see like, oh, there's a nitrogen-rich atmosphere in this giant, mm. you know, like there's a ton of H2O here, there's a ton of carbon here, there's a ton of hydrogen and oxygen on this planet. We 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 don't know. We just see a dot, like that's it basically. Yeah, we can we, we, we can usually get like. We can usually be like, this is probably a gas giant, just because mm-hmm. yeah. for most methods of detection we have, uh, uh, like, Earth-size planets are literally too small for us to see. Yeah. Right. So, like, there's a... Because it has to pass in front of the star yeah, for you to yeah, see yeah, yeah. Exactly, so, yeah, the like, transit method. Yeah, so yeah. John Compton and I are always joking about hot Jupiters, because it's a fun name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's... We Look find at that hot Jupiter. Yeah. Nice, nice couple hot Jupiter. Uh, <laughs> But like the part of the reason we keep finding so many hot Jupiters specifically is that they're big and easy to find with the detection methods we have for them currently. Mm-hmm. So shockingly, those are the ones we find the most. Yeah, and then with right. the technology on board the James Webb, we can look at these exoplanets that we found, not just with Kepler, but just like in general with like the transit method and that kind of thing. And then we can mm-hmm. look at what's actually on these planets. So like that's gotcha. like the cool like. That's the one that's like makes my little monkey brain go like, oh, aliens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're we're gonna find the aliens yeah. now. No, oh. like no, like pictures of the surface or anything. Don't no, get, don't get that excited. But we can we can tease out like chemical properties on the actual Earth like yeah. exoplanet. Yeah. So you know, cool. yeah. the the data yeah. will come out looking like a rainbow barcode that the general public won't understand. Yeah. <laughs> It'll look like meaningless nonsense to actual yeah. human people. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> really. But... Yeah, we're not gonna get like a like a picture of the surface or or like yeah. a, nothing nothing very like Star Trek y or anything. like yeah, that. Yeah, it's gonna be mm-hmm. like a, taking a spectrum spectra of these exoplanets and i i think of spectra as like rainbow barcodes where it's like yeah. um 
you know, you all, all the elements on a periodic table, so hydrogen, helium, helium, nitrogen, oxygen, all that stuff. Um, if you think of this continuous spectrum, like a whole rainbow, right, from the red end to the blue end of the rainbow, uh, and if you take like a there's this whole rainbow, there's a bright, super bright red line and a super bright teal line in there. That's hydrogen. That's hydrogen's rainbow barcode. If you have a bunch of yellow lines in there, that's helium's rainbow barcode. Um, so the James Webb can go and look at these exoplanets and it'll get a bunch of these random rainbow barcode lines. But mm -hmm. then we can see, astronomers can see that and be like, this is insane. You know, this yeah. is, there's oh, all this man, water. That's, that's almost yeah. terrifying to think about. <laughs> I know, right? Like, do we want to know these things? I don't know. <laughs> Isn't there like um, an interactive right thing at the, at the Geovelli Open Deck Observatory? Oh, yeah, level? Yeah, Wasn't there like a fun wavelength? That, yeah. Yeah, you mm -hmm. can like match up wavelengths for different um, atomic compositions of stuff. Man, Lowell is cool. Lowell is, is cool. I, I wouldn't have been here for this long if it wasn't this cool. Yeah. Right, honestly. <laughs> Speaking of uh, forbidden knowledge, we got a question from an audience member yes. that I want to make sure we have time to answer really mm -hmm. quickly. This comes from our Discord channel from DK Bayodes. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, DK says, on a long space journey, something like a generation ship, could planet life act as oxygen producers or carbon dioxide filters? And what type of plants would work best? algae and they clarify let's assume for this question that we've solved all the other issues with generational <laughs> space travel because they probably were like you know uh they're just gonna say like oh well the biggest problem is we can't do it <laughs> we're just working about the part where we run out of air uh -huh. um so the most the the best plant for that kind of stuff the one that gives off the most oxygen versus how much carbon dioxide it takes in is actually moss oh yeah, yeah. really so like just need uh, a mossy ship yeah, because I've been reading about this stuff, how people are, like, planting trees and having these cute little, like, gardens and stuff out on their terraces to help. And uh, biologists were like, yeah, no, like, make moss cities and you will have way more oxygen output than anything else. Now, now moss is best for oxygen output, but you'll want some, some like, big trees for carbon dioxide scrubbing because that's yes. what allows big you trees. to store. Yeah, so you want yeah. some, you want some, like... You would want both room for your trees to like get big and get old and die and be repurposed mm -hmm. and then like oh. let that whole life cycle take over. Um, so yeah. You need like a whole biodome. Yeah, you yeah. need like a you you'd need like a whole ecosystem to be able to do that kind of stuff. Like yep. it's not it's not super feasible to. This is not super feasible at all, but you'd want to be <laughs> ideally like just putting a whole Earth ecosystem on a thing and then just like. You need sunlight, yeah. you need, yeah, you need yeah, the yeah. insects, you need exactly. the dirt, you need the earthworms. All yep. of that. I mean, at that point... You need you need why... air currents and water currents to, to yeah. transport nutrients and floaters. And yeah, it gets real complicated real fast. But uh -huh. ideally, trees and moss. Yeah, trees and moss are like the bare bones. Can't you make like, like oxygen and nitrogen in a lab? You can, but it's... Um, most of the processes that we can like do on demand are not efficient if that makes sense <laughs> like like the 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 machinery that um living tissue makes in order to do these processes efficiently is like 
more complex than we even fully understand in most cases. Mm -hmm. Like we have a vague picture of how like trees scrub carbon dioxide out and, and turn that into useful stuff and nutrients and store it in wood, but like gotcha. not in the sense that we could just like do it if we felt like it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's a cool idea and I feel like it makes for really pretty scenes in TV yeah. shows and movies. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. still all for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you to DK for sending in that question via our discord. Thank you for your And question. if you want to jump on and ask your own questions, you can find our discord link at lol.edu slash star stuff. But we are at time for today again. It always happens, and it always happens so quickly. Yeah. Um, it was great watching you guys geek out about the mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I love so, big mirrors. Thank you for nerding out with us. And if you have any questions, again, there's the Discord, or you can just tweet us with the hashtag AskStarStuff, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll get on there and try to answer your question. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 This podcast was brought to you by Lowell Observatory members and subscribers like you.